0: This is a Discovery Church podcast. Tune in to hear from our team as we invite you to find yourself in the bigger story. To find out more about what's going on in the life of the church, head to discoverychurch.com.au.
1: Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to God's holy people in Colossae, the faithful brothers and sisters in Christ, grace and peace to you from God our Father. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation, if you continue in your faith established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven, and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Now I rejoice in what I am suffering for you. And I fill up in my flesh what is lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions, for the sake of his body, which is the church. I have become its servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the Word of God in its fullness, the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the Lord's people. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of his mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. He is the one we proclaim admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me.
0: G'day everyone, Matt Destry here, joining you today on the 26th of December for Discovery Church Online. I really hope you had a great Christmas. I hope you had an excellent day yesterday with perhaps some friends, some family, or maybe even just a little bit of space and a break after another hectic year, another year full of twists and turns but I'm really excited to be with you today as we unpack this new series that we're going to be spending the next 3 weeks with church online over this summer holidays on the book of Colossians. We've called this series All in All because we want to get a a really big grand picture of who the person of Jesus is and take a really big story, a big picture of the person of Jesus into 2022 with us. You know, we will live into the size of the story that we're a part of. Some of us live our lives as though we are the center of our story, as though everything revolves around us. And typically what we see when somebody lives with the the belief that they are the only ones on planet Earth and that everything revolves around them, their lives end up quite small their lives end up quite, um, quite limited in terms of what God wants to do. But the beautiful thing about the gospel of Jesus is that he comes and invites us into a big story, a big narrative a sweeping look from history past to history future that we can find ourselves inside of something that God is actually doing we take a small part inside of a big story and what that means is that our lives live beyond ourselves we move into spaces and places that we would have never ever dreamed of and our lives are actually unlimited by those by our own selves but uh, but live into the purposes and the plan of God. So all in all, that is where we're going now. I don't know whether you noticed this over this year, but one of the things that happened with uh, with so many lockdowns here in Melbourne was that life started to get started to close in together. Generally, you have your workspace, you have your. Um, Play space. You have your home space. You have your church space, and all of those spaces can remain separate. Which means we can start to talk about that in terms of our compartmentalized lives. As saying, "Oh, my work life, my." play life my family life my study life and we can separate them all out I think one of the hidden blessings of lockdown this year was that it meant that we need to start to see things as a little bit more of a whole something that was uh, that was connected together and that caused stress that caused some um, that caused some hardship as we struggled to be able to bring all of those worlds together but it was one thing to show us that so Often in our lives, we do live disconnected lives. We can have a separate life over here and a separate life over here, and I know some of you who are watching or listening today, you can resonate with that. You can you have that experience, and particularly men are very good at this, compartmentalizing their lives out so that one part of what your life doesn't affect another part of your life. Now you think, oh, that's great, but actually it's terrible because you can be incredibly dysfunctional in one area of your life and then pretend that you're not dysfunctional in another area of your life and so that compartmentalization actually doesn't create authenticity it creates masking it creates a sense of uh, duplicitousness of being one person in one space and another in the other we can we can compartmentalize ourselves in our own in our own hearts as well can't we you you think about this you have uh, your you have what you think over here, what you say over here, and what you believe over here. It's why so many Christians are open to the charge of hypocrisy, because what we say and what we do can often be two separate things. We compartmentalize a whole range of our lives, particularly we compartmentalize it even when it comes to our own spiritual life. We can compartmentalize ourselves in terms of the, the, way, that we, um, the way that we live And the the actions, the things that we do with our day-to-day, and oftentimes they don't relate to the things that we believe or maybe the things that we value deep down. All in all takes us into a place of bringing all of those worlds together. Why? Because Jesus is together. And the title of today's message is this, Everything is Connected. Everything is connected. This is a book. This is a passage about seeing heaven and earth collide, come together, be in one place at one time in the person. And the work of Jesus Christ. All right, so I'm excited to get into this passage of Scripture with you. And as we just heard that and read that during the bumper just now, we've gone all the way through Colossians chapter 1. And I am excited about pulling some of this out together today. So before we begin, we need to know a little bit about the author of Colossians, how it got to us, who he was writing to, and what he was writing about. So, Colossians was written by the Apostle Paul in around about 60 AD. He was in a lockdown. He was in house arrest in Rome. He was in prison. He had never been to Colossae, but his friend Epaphras actually planted that church, planted a church in Colossae and also... Uh, also in Laodicea as well. And so there were these two congregations there that Epaphras, Paul's friend, had planted, but Paul was writing to them to encourage them about one specific thing. And I think you're going to find this really interesting today because he was encouraging them around uh, standing firm against a particular heresy that had invaded the church at that time. This heresy was called Gnosticism, Gnosticism starts with a G, but it's where we get our word knowledge from. Gnosticism um, spoke about a special knowledge, a secret knowledge, and actually a separation of body and spirit. The Gnostics believed that that our bodies, our earthly bodies were bad because they were of this realm, of the realm that can be seen, tasted, touched. They believed that the spirit realm was was divine and good. And so the goal of life was to get out of the body and into the spirit. I don't know if you've ever heard that kind of language before. Sometimes this language creeps into our own language, even today in 21st century when we say things like, well, um, you know, earthly speaking or in the natural, and then we talk about things being in the natural or in the supernatural. Paul was writing to address that to say actually, there isn 't a separation of body and spirit, but in Christ, all in all, everything is connected. A couple of things about Gnosticism would happen because when you believe that the, that the body is bad and that the spirit is good, a couple of things can happen. The first one is there was the Gnostics were uh, big fans of mistreatment of the body, so Extreme fasts, self-flagellation, beating their own bodies, mistreating themselves because if, if the body is evil, it needs to be punished. That's what they believed. If the body is evil, it needs to be punished and, and we need to be freed from this body, from this, uh, from this entrapping, enclosing shell to be set free into the divine. That was one way that that came through, mistreatment of the body. So, so mistreating themselves, mistreating others, because it was evil anyway and needed to be punished. The, it could also go the other way. If my body is evil, if my body's of this, of this world and not something that's divine, then we can just indulge, right? Let's, let's eat, drink and be merry for tomorrow we die. It doesn't matter. I will indulge my body. So they would go on um, crazy benders, big feasts, um, like debaucherous parties to, uh, because they thought, well, we're already enslaved. Our bodies are evil. It doesn't matter in the end. And our, our home's not here. We're going to be freed into a divine space anyway. So there was an indulgence of the body as well as a mistreatment of the body. Are you starting to feel like this is going in two directions already? It is for me. A third thing that characterized the Gnostics and this Gnosticism heresy was this, was this thing that Paul calls false humility. The Gnosticism was, was, uh, was built on this idea that there is secret knowledge. There is special knowledge to be gained and only the initiated, only the few, only the select, only, only the special ones knew of this knowledge. They had these revelations of God. And you can start to see even now how some of these Gnostic ideas were being brought into the church, were being brought into the people of God here in the Colossian church as they start we're grappling with this and figuring out how do we live in our bodies, how do we honor God with our bodies, but also look forward to the world that is to come. This false humility. People would say, oh, yes, I'm so humble and I'm so spiritual. And because I know these special secret things about God. I know things about God and revelation that I have with God that you don't know. And therefore, I'm very, very special, but I'm not proud about it at all. No, I'm very humble. This kind of false humility was creeping into the church. I don't know if this is resonating with you, but I see this oftentimes in the church today. And then finally, the fourth thing was their arbitrary law keeping. So oftentimes this revelation, these special revelations from God, this special knowledge about God was found in eating certain things, not eating certain things, going to certain places, not going to certain places. And so this kind of arbitrary law keeping, this, this, um, this kind of dotting every I or crossing every T, some of the Gnostics lived that way as though they were attaining the secret and special knowledge—they were kind of straining out, uh, straining out a gnat to swallow a camel. If we were going to borrow Jesus' words, and so that's what some of these things that that uh, that the Gnostics actually look like. And so it's into this culture it is into this mindset into this framework that the apostle paul from rome from house arrest from prison is writing to the colossian church and he reads he says this we're going to read this together one uh, this is colossians chapter 1 verse 15 to 20 he says the son is the image of the invisible god The firstborn over all creation, for in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth. See what he's doing here. Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, thrones or powers, rulers or authorities, all things, all things have been created by him, uh, through him and for him. He's before all things, and in him all things hold together. He's the head of the body, the church, He's the beginning and the first from, born from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his dwellness uh, all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed. On the cross. Isn't that an incredible passage of scripture? Can you count the amount of times there that Paul says this phrase? All things. He goes to great pains to show that it doesn't matter if it's things in heaven or on earth. That It doesn't matter if it's uh, things that rulers or people in a humble position. It doesn't matter. It's where it is. All things have been created through him and for him. All things hold together in Jesus Christ. All things. He is our all in all. And so, for us, for the Colossian church, as Paul was combating this, this heresy of Gnosticism, this separation of body and spirit, which meant that people could believe certain things but act a different way. That it meant that we did that they didn't have to uh, live through on the values of the of Christian faith of following Jesus, but they could actually hold those values in one one side and then live a completely other way. Uh, or or they would get sucked into this false humility, this, this deep thinking, this sense of, oh my gosh, yes, I'm, I'm so humble, but I have these special secret revelations that nobody else knows because I keep laws that nobody else keeps, and I know God like nobody else does. This kind of false humility that was creeping into the church. And so a couple of things that Paul brings out in this passage and indeed all of chapter 1. And I want you to go back this week. I'd love you to go back and read chapter 1. Read chapter 2. It's a, you know There's, there's a 29 verses in chapter 1. It'll take you about 5 to 10 minutes to just read it through with this knowledge of this background, with a sense of the context of the passage, to see what Paul is saying. But one thing we get introduced to is a holistic gospel. A holistic gospel. The Bible doesn't know anything about a gospel that is piecemeal, that is known in one section and not in another. When Jesus comes to live in us, he comes to invade and inhabit every room of our heart. Not just some rooms, not just our mind, not just our actions, but our belief system, the way we use our money, the way we live our lives, the way we speak. Everything comes under his rule. Everything comes under his guidance. Everything comes under his his Lordship. What we have here is a holistic gospel. What Paul says is in him all things were created. All things were created for him and through him. It means God wants to know about your life, about your daily life. He's not just concerned about your spiritual life, the life that you live on a Sunday. In fact, your entire life is your spiritual life. The way that you go to work, the way that you spend time, speak to your kids, the way that you um, engage and interact with your with your spouse, with your boyfriend, with your girlfriend, all of it is spiritual, and all of it says something about how you're living your life in, with Jesus. And so it's a holistic gospel that Paul preaches. The Bible doesn't know, it doesn't know anything about a life that's lived spiritually in one, in one sense, but then earthly in another sense. It is all spiritual to God, and every part of our lives should reflect our discipleship of the person of Jesus Christ. It's also a focused gospel, though, because we could go down this line and say, well, all things are created for him and by him. All things are created um, in, this, in this kind of way. He's the head of the body, he's the beginning, so that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. We might be able to say, oh, well then, it's okay. It's, it's, it's everything's spiritual, it doesn't matter what it is. It could be evil and it's spiritual. It could be good and it's spiritual. It could be um, neither here nor there and it's spiritual. No, it's in him. The special phrase The the anchor point apart from this phrase, all things, in this passage, is this other phrase, in him. Outside of him, nothing is spiritual. Outside of Jesus, nothing can be called spiritual, but in him, everything is. It's a focused gospel because this gospel that Paul brings to the Colossian church is a gospel that is found, that is rooted, that is established In him, as in in Jesus Christ. Everything is anchored to the person and the work of Jesus. Everything is anchored to him. Which means when I go about my life, when I'm living out of my relationship with Jesus, everything is spiritual. The way that I, the way that I parent my kids, the way that I, um, that I, that I minister to my friends, the the groups that I'm a part of, the way that I speak to my neighbor, rooted and established in Him. This is a focused gospel, and yet Jesus is so big, which is why he's such great news. The story is so big, he invites everyone, that everyone will have an opportunity to be a part of it, and that's why our vision at Discovery is that every heart would find their place, would find a place inside of Jesus' story. So it's a holistic gospel, it's also a focused gospel, but really it's a gospel for all things, Paul can't go any wider than saying things on in heaven or on earth. Remember the Gnostic heresy was trying to pull heaven and earth apart and say only heavenly things are good, only heavenly things are divine, and earthly things are evil, earthly things should be punished, earthly things should be put away. No. The beautiful thing about the gospel of Jesus Christ is that he redeems everything. Every earthly thing, as well as every, what we would call, spiritual thing. It is all spiritual. And you know what that means? It means that the concerns of your day. You're going to switch off this screen at the end of this service today. You're going to switch off this podcast at the end of this service today. And you're going to go about your life. But you do not step out of a spiritual place. In fact, you continue on. In the Spirit, you continue on in your discipleship. You continue on in your following of Jesus, and take your take the relationship that you have with God into every area of your life, even the hard part, even the hard parts, even the bits that are challenging, even the parts that uh, that you that you struggle with even the parts that you don't like to talk about you take your relationship with Jesus into all of those spaces as well you take your relationship with Jesus even into the place in, even into the times and spaces when you sin he comes with you why because he's in you it's not you can't divorce it you can't compartmentalize that part of your relationship with God away from that it's not like Jesus turns his eyes away uh, when you're sinning he's with you in that moment showing you, teaching you a better way. Showing you, teaching you, convicting you, challenging you to live a better way. It's a gospel for all things. So what does this mean? Let's bring this message to a close now by talking about what this means and how we can apply this. The first thing is that everything is connected. Everything is is connected. Paul takes great pains here to bring heaven and earth together in the person of Jesus. Can you see that? Because Jesus is fully divine, but fully human. He's fully God and fully man, and yet they collide. Heaven and earth collide in the person of Jesus Christ, which means everything is connected. No more compartments. No more separating out. Every single part of your life, God wants to be in. And if God is not in a certain part of your life, that's not because He's that's that's because you you fail to recognize that He's already there. Everything is connected. I think about this a lot when it comes to my own life. I'm starting to think all the time, God, what is it that you're doing in this situation? What is it that you're doing over there? What is it that you're doing in my workplace right now? What is it that you're doing in that person's life? What is it that you're doing in through my kids right now? And how might I be able to help, serve, bless, encourage what it is that you're doing in and through those spaces? Because everything is connected. Secondly, it's all worship. It's all worship. If we're not compartmentalizing things anymore, if we're not kind of going after that Gnostic idea of, oh, well, the things that I do on earth aren't that good, but the things I'm going to do in heaven are really good, and, and, and the things that I, you know, the earth is, you know, in the natural is bad, but in the spirit is really, really good. If we're not doing that, it means that it's all worship. It means your study is worship. It means your parenting is worship. It means your friendships are worship. It means that your relationship with your boyfriend or your girlfriend is worship, can be worship. It means your study. All of the areas of your life, when lived for the glory of God, are right for the worship of God because they tell of his glory. They tell of his acts. They tell of his ways. They tell others, they point others to him. Are you pointing people to Jesus by your actions in every area of your life? That's the question I wanna ask you. Are Are you pointing people to Jesus? in your work relationships? Are you pointing people to Jesus and giving glory to Him by the way that you speak about others? Are you pointing people to Jesus by the way that you seek to serve and honour the leaders and the authorities around you? Are you pointing people to Jesus by the way that you love your spouse, by the way that you care for your friends, by the way that you forgive others when they've wronged you? Are you pointing people to Jesus in all of those ways? Because if because if all things, if all things come together in the person of Jesus, it's all worship, my friends. And thirdly and finally, as we bring this message to a close, if everything's connected, it's all worship. Thirdly, our suffering is redeemed and repurposed. You know, some of us think that we have this, we have this crazy thought that, well, God's really close to me when I'm going through, when things are going great, when I'm on the mountaintop. When things are going awesome, you know, life's really kicking along. But as soon as I'm suffering, I've I've got illness or I've got a struggle in my relationships or, or I'm receiving criticism or something's going on behind the scenes, oh, then God's not really part of that. He kind of fades away into the background. I don't hear him speak. I don't hear him part of my life anymore. That's not true. Jesus is close to the brokenhearted. He saves those who are crushed in spirit. If Jesus is all in all... If everything is connected, it means that he's with us through the hardest times and not just with us to kind of hold our hand, although he is doing that. But in the midst of your suffering, he's repurposing it. In the midst of your suffering, he's redeeming it. Nothing is wasted in the kingdom. Nothing is wasted. He's going to take your suffering and he's going to repurpose it and he's going to redeem it so that others can find glory to God in the midst of it. How good is that? How good is God that he would even take our suffering, our weakness, our brokenness, our vulnerability, that he would redeem it and repurpose it for his kingdom. That's the invitation we have in this gospel today, the invitation we have to bring all of the compartments together and find a sense of cohesion and oneness and unity and wholeness in the person of Jesus Christ. I pray this has encouraged you today. I'm going to pray for you right now. Then we're going to, um, then in just a few minutes time, we're going to close this service together. But God bless you. I love you. We're so I'm so looking forward to going through this, this book, this great book of Colossians with you over the next couple of weeks. Let's remember guys, everything is connected. When you close that screen today, when you turn off your TV, when you close the laptop down, when you switch off the podcast, I want you to go into the world knowing that that Jesus goes with you, even in the most mundane, maybe even especially in the most mundane of tasks. So God, I want to thank you for what it is that you're doing in our lives today. I want to thank you for my friends, that we take you, Jesus, everywhere we go, that there is now no longer a separation between spirit and body. But Jesus, you are all in all. We find our lives in you. We find our purpose in you. And we're part of your great grand story. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us on this Discovery Church podcast. Now go and find yourself in the bigger story.